Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. I'm your host, Surreal General Quinn. As we conclude season one of uh, the hit and epic series Snowfall with episode season one, episode 10, the Rubicon. This is, of course, episode 905 of the Real Deal Podcast. This episode, of course, was completed three seasons, uh, the, the show's first season. It, I, even though I didn't think it was up to the level of the previous episode, I thought it was a very good episode in wrapping season one up and and giving you you know a, a sneak peek into some things that we can look forward to, uh, in terms of season two. Uh, so a quick recap: Franklin gets a new house and partner and partners. Teddy makes a tough decision, and Lucille chooses business over family Ames, this is war we do what's required of us that was a quote uh from the late alejandro who of course we know was taken out by ted was killed by teddy we'll talk we'll flush that out more uh but this this is war uh this i i, I think that was a perfect theme for this episode we saw cat we saw teddy lucia lucia um and Franklin really getting dig into their bag of, of tricks in terms of war tactics and in terms of just doing making decisions that may have been tough, but the decisions that seemingly were necessary and decisions that, you know, have been culminating for the better part of the entire season. Oh, you look at all three of these decisions that Teddy, Franklin and, and uh and Lucia had to make. These are these decisions have been lead that I mean you, you can you couldn't I I don't. I didn't see the Teddy decision coming when I. I gotta admit, when I first saw this series, that I did, the Teddy killing Alejandro kind of took me for a loop. But over the course of the season, you could see um, Franklin and Lucia, uh, and Lucia um, coming into their own and having to make these decisions to kind of set their futures in terms of the, their respective drug businesses. Uh, so um, this is war to me. This, this is war was the theme of uh, this particular episode. Let's deep dive Franklin's transformation. So Franklin, uh, at the end of this, at the end of this uh, episode, you see him in total control. Uh, he's on the porch. He's kind of, he's on Jerome's porch and he's kind of overlooking every, this whole neighborhood. It's his neighborhood. Now he goes out there and, uh, chastises the ice cream man for not wanting to give the kids ice cream. We didn't have money. He says, look, give them anything, give them anything they want. Give them anything they want. I'll take care of you. Uh, it's officially Franklin's neighborhood. And he's going and this comes full circle from episode one when he was lecturing the kids on not stealing from the ice cream truck. So you look at where he's at from episode one to episode 10. He, go, he goes from a scrawny kind of uh, naive teenager to now a full-grown kingpin who will at without without a will lie to his mother in a heartbeat will um, you know manipulate you know kill manipulate uh, people into killing other people without him actually having the blood on the blood on his hands we've seen him twice remember Franklin has yet to officially kill someone with his, uh, you know, either shoot with his bare hands or with his or him shooting someone, 
Uh, and we'll talk about, we'll flush out more when, when we get to best scenes. So, you know, if you saw this entire series, like I did, uh, you saw all these, in this episode, you saw what Franklin, in season one, you saw what Franklin uh, became in season one. And you could see how that could lead, lead through, would, would lead uh, through the next five seasons, how that would culminate to for the next five seasons. Again, he leaves this season as a fully grown drug kingpin at this point. Um, he has a whole neighborhood. He has his crack house. He has a cookhouse. Um, he has his, uh, you know, has his connect. And he has partners and his organization is just growing and growing. And during the season, Franklin at his best was a, was a chess player. Uh, who thought more about who was a thinking man more than he was about violence, but would have would use violence when it needed to be used in 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 the case of in, in this case, you know, with the Lenny Ray Ray situation, which we'll talk about more. So this transformation again, going from naive teenager to fully grown uh, drug Frank Kingpin was in full effect, full effect, especially particularly these last two uh, episodes as he's, you know, making deals with Claudia and Ray Ray and listening to, you know, Leon and also making deals with Jerome and, and even making deals with uh, Jerome and Jerome's woman, uh, uh, with Jerome's woman, uh, which I, I don't know why always their name always uh, slips past, uh, gets past me for whatever reason. But we see Franklin, um, fully growing, fully coming into his own, and we will get once we get to season two, which we will next week. We will see how that will continue. He'll continue um to grow, but this definitely was not the same guy. He was not even close to being the same guy that you saw in episode one. And again, I think the first season did an excellent job at letting him still go through his um uh, take his lumps. It's not like he came in immediately. It was like this, you know, was on top and was like this uh, drug. This, we knew how smart he was. Uh, we knew he was, you know, we ended up finding out he was in college. He dropped out of college. So we knew how intelligent he was. But they, he took a number of lumps, Louis, uh, as he made a side deal with, with Louis. But um, he took a number of lumps, took a number of lumps over the course of this season, you know, getting beat up by Ray Ray and Lenny, uh, some of the deals. You know, so not having a real organization in the beginning, uh, leaving the crack, leaving, you know, cracking his house, you know. So he, there were a number of mistakes that he made over the course of this season. And in some cases, in many of those cases, he paid for those mistakes. Uh, now, I know some people, some people, even critics had a problem with um, the fact that he didn't, they didn't feel like he paid a, a, a dear enough price with some of the mistakes he made. Well, you know, they weren't going to kill his character off. He's the star of the show. But um, I felt like I, I, this, I, his transformation and his his evolution through his first season, um, I was fine. I was fine with it. I was fine with it. And, you know, I, I think that it could be very tricky when you're telling a story that is part true with in part, you know, kind of remember this. This is based off a true story as far as like how crack was how the FBI how crack 
uh, was sent into L.A. Also, a lot of people think this is based off Rick Ross, the original Rick Ross. Like, for, like a lot of his characters based some of his characters based off Rick Ross. So, uh, it could be tricky to tell that to tell that particular story, and with that transformation again, I, I've never seen this. Like, you tell me all the stories, you all the transformations you've seen of drug dealers, uh, of guys who started out like Franklin became full grown kingpins. And those stories, I mean, those are like those are not easy stories to tell. Like, uh, I mean, we've seen we saw it with with, with Scarface in the movies, but. I mean, this was. I mean, when this show came out, this was, it was a groundbreaking show in terms of this was the first time that we had seen a guy start out basically as a kid in essence and become a drug kingpin. Like we had never seen, even with power with with uh, with uh, James with Co- with James St. Patrick. He was already he was a, he was already a kingpin. Like we he was already established as a drug as a drug kingpin. We just saw him trying to uh, trying to balance that with being a nightclub owner and trying to go straight. But this is the first. This is. The story that we're seeing with with saw with Franklin Saint was a, a, a original story that we had not seen before. Uh, talking about a high school teenager going into becoming a drug kingpin. That scene, Jerome Louis Franklin. So they're counting the money. Uh, of course they're making money hand over foot with the product as, as product through the, uh, that's running through the neighborhood. Uh, and Franklin and Jerome decides to, you know, revisit. Uh, the offer that Franklin made originally. Now, originally, originally Franklin offered Jerome 50%. Jerome said, you know, he'll think about it. Knesset didn't completely turn down, but basically was not all in in terms of wanting to sell, uh, wanting to go, going to go that route to, to deal drugs, sell crack, to deal drugs outside of uh, dime, dime bags that he was dealing with. So Franklin, being who he is right now, and being in basically total control says, look, you know, you get 25%. The negotiated started out with 10. They end up working it out to 25%. Jerome was like, hey, you need somebody with street credit. You need somebody older than these little knuckleheads that you're running around with in terms of Leon and Kevin, Kevin and with family. So it's, it made perfect sense. He gives Jerome 25%. And, and in, this, in this scene, Franklin showed you how, how far he's come. Like he wasn't, just this wasn't about he wasn't going to allow the fact that Jerome was family and how close he was and how close they are he is to Louis to get in the way of the fact that it's his connect it's his product he is one he's the one taking the risk here like Jerome's just Jerome it would just be a, a partner and a worker so to speak not selling so this is I mean Franklin I mean really Franklin could have gave him 10% would have, could have been fair, or 15% could have been fair. I think 25% was a more than fair offer from uh, Franklin to Jerome. Jerome is, was just excited to be in, to be honest with you. Uh, so Jerome, you know, says, hey, you know, count the rest of his money. I'm going to go take a shit. That's my family. So Jerome wanted, there was no, it, it, this deal was going to happen. Like this deal, this thing was going to happen. Um, you know, I think Franklin could have been, could have said 15% or 10%. Could have stopped at ten percent, really, or fifteen. He really could have stopped at fifteen to twenty percent. I think he was being somewhat a little bit generous with twenty five percent, but they settle in on twenty five percent. As Jerome is excited, um, as Jerome leaves, Louis, you know, Louis again, Louis, you know, comes, you know, comes by and comforts uh, Franklin. So again, it was just very interesting to watch. You know, this these three in season one. Uh, considering how close they are, and considering how it, in comparison to how it ended in season six, um, Teddy, 
and Alejandro. So, um, and also Louis, Louis reminds uh, Franklin of, you know, look, uh, the side deal, they, Louis, he still has, she still has that side deal with Franklin in regards to Claudia and the club. Remember that. And by, and also remember the fact that Jerome does not know about that deal at all. Um, Teddy and Alejandro. So earlier in this episode, Alejandro uh, was very concerned about the fact that the girl was showing his picture all over the place. Teddy tells him, tries to calm him down in regards to this and says, look, I'm suggesting this girl has ramped up so much heat around town in terms of the attention that she's bringing to Alejandro that I think you need to leave town for a couple of months till things settle down to let, let me get some, let me do the work. Let me find, try to throw off track. Let me, uh, I could deal with the Colombians. I can deal with the Colombians. You could make a, you could make a deal. You don't have to be in LA to make that deal go. Alejandro is extremely reluctant to do so. He, he immediately tells Teddy, Hey, let me just take care of the girl. Teddy's, Teddy wants no part of this whatsoever and says to Alejandro this that that cannot be an option basically and that would not that wouldn't be a good idea uh to have another missing person and be to have another missing uh to have another missing person that we have to that uh, have to be dealt with so Alejandro again reluctantly agrees but you knew and even I mean you he gives a look though and the actor that plays Alejandro did an excellent job with this, with, with just the body language and the look. You you gives a look to where you knew that he was not going to follow on te follow Teddy's orders in regards to not mess not to uh, in regards to um, not touching, not messing with the girl. So Teddy sees Teddy Teddy. So lead, so bring let's fast forward that to Teddy going to his place and seeing some some stuff missing, and he recognizes that the girl is in danger. Goes back to the girl's Victoria's place and sees uh, the fact that Alejandro has killed her and is and is chopping her body. In essence, is, is breaking down her body in the bathtub, uh, her lifeless bo body at that in the bathtub. Uh, Teddy, of course, is in complete just he's beside himself in shock. Alejandro, and again, the actor who did this did a just did a phenomenal job of how cool and calm. And how just he just killed her with just no remorse what no whatsoever. It was like just pure uh, psychopath in in essence. Like it, it, he, the actor just had he said, "Hey, you can walk out that door. I did you a favor." In essence, it's the easiest thing. Just walk out the door and let me handle this. Teddy, with a gun in his hand, walks out the door, has a second thought, then grabs a pillow, a couch pillow, and and blows Alejandro's brains out. Now I, I gotta admit, when I first saw this episode, uh, you know, back in 2017, I was shocked because I thought I really thought the Alejandro character at least would have another season. To be honest with you, I, I thought that that I mean, we had saw a lot of the character, even though he wasn't one of the main characters. He, you know, he obviously he had a big part, uh, played a major role in regards to uh, some, some of the work he did with Teddy and and his and how you know he partnered up with Teddy. Um, this so I like I I was I was surprised when I first saw this, but again this shows you that uh this shows you that Teddy uh you know don't go against Teddy in essence like Teddy Teddy is a guy who 
you know, has his has his has has his way in, of doing things, has his way in, of believing in things, and he is not a guy uh, that he is not a guy to cross. He's not a guy that's that's going to respond well to somebody going against, in essence, what he wants to do. Once Teddy gets get, once Teddy got it in his mind to do something, you know, you better kind of follow what he does. Um, this really affected Teddy in a big, major way. Uh, first of all, I, th- I think he generally cared about Alejandro and respected Alejandro as somebody, as a soldier, as somebody uh, who cared about the, you know, was was in battle in, in essence, and who they there really was a uh, a genuine connection. And you look at the course, first of all, and the, the actor who played Teddy, Carter Hudson, was phenomenal in this episode as well. Some great performances in this episode. I mean, this really affected him uh, a lot. In terms of you see him withdrawing, you see him, he's up there laying on the floor in, in his boxes, and you see him just going through it, following the uh, killing of Alejandro. He lets uh, he lets his wife know that you know he's not going to be able to leave L.A. Something's happening. He's not going to be able to leave L.A. Uh, something's going wrong, and he's you know he's even questioning himself throughout the course of the episode, even to his supervisor about is thinking is he the man for this particular job? Really, one of the few times that over the course of this entire series that you will see Teddy question his uh his ability to do his job. So uh Teddy, you know, killing Alejandro really messed him up in a real way. And it, I, I get a sense that this is not the first time Teddy has killed someone, but I get a sense that this was the first time he's killed someone that he's actually cared about. Um so again, uh excellent scene by excellent acting by both actors. Uh, the, the guy who plays Alejandro was did a tremendous job as well. Um, so we go to Lucy and Oso. So following, um, so Lucy, of course, father passed away. She has a bunch of family, including her mother, at the funeral, um, and at the at her place, trying to celebrate her uh, her dad's uh, death, or paying their respects to her to her father. She decides to go uh, following a meeting with Romero in which Romero recommended that someone that uh, his nephew would graduate from San Diego State who would a uh, degree in account assist or take over the books, help uh, take over the books from Lucille, uh, Lucille teach him the books. Lucille says she'll decide when the time is right. Romero, of course, was not happy with that answer. Uh, and she uh, she in a, she leaves the house. She goes to Oso. Oso is staying, of course, in a, in a hotel and um, they're in the bed, and you know, also is laughing at her. In essence, is laughing after she told him that told her told him this this news because also was right. Also knew what what time it was with Romero. He knew Romero was not only going to try to push push him out, but that she possibly could would try to push her out uh, as well. And Romero made one, and we'll talk about this. Romero's big mistake was saying. You know, in case something happens to you, uh, in case something happens to you, that was his. That, that was a fatal mistake that, in essence, cost him his life. So, Lucille discusses the plan that also already has in motion in return with Stomper in terms of killing, in terms of taking out, uh, in terms of uh, you know, not taking out Ramiro and the other part, the other some other uh, cartel members in her family. She agrees with it. Says, "Hey, let's do it." Uh, has a perfect plan because she decides that, hey, I have to be there so I won't be suspected of it. They talk it out, and then she also decides, uh, she also tells Oso that uh, I should meet with Stomper to uh, flush out the rest of the details and, and, and what have you. 
So we get to Franklin, Ray Ray, Lenny, and Jerome. Franklin has um, Ray Ray. I was a kidnapped. Has Franklin has Ray Ray kidnapped Lenny. Um, Ray Ray was reminded reminds them. I don't reminds uh, Franklin and Jerome. Hey, you know, um, I don't know what y'all did to him, but he, he was you know pretty fucked up in terms of what. Uh, what y'all did to him, he was pretty fucked up in terms of what happened that day. Of course, we know Ray, Lenny was raped by Carvel. So they get out the car, and initially, Ray Ray believes that all he has to do is just drop Lenny off to Jerome and Franklin, and that's it. And that would be, the uh, his job would be done. That's not the case. That's, that, that turns out not to be the case, because Franklin, after a meeting with Leon, in which Leon says, hey, you know, basically, you can't. It, in essence, Leon told it had a Jimmy uh, Nucky type mode in terms of you can't be half a gangster. Like we gotta make him. We you, you gotta tell them you gotta pull that trigger. Like you gotta pull that trigger. You gotta be. You gotta be one to uh, to kill to kill Lenny. You gotta be one. To make sure that, that that they know that we are real. We, that we real out here. And Lenny is basically he had a line. Not Lenny, but. Uh, Leon has a line basically saying is eat or be eat. So I don't know if Frank, like again, Franklin clearly didn't tell Ray Ray that he was going to kill, uh, that he was going to have to have him kill Lenny. He clearly told, uh, he Ray Ray clearly thought that Franklin and or Jerome was, was, was going to kill Lenny. So Franklin basically forces Lenny, forces Ray Ray to slice, to slice Lenny's throat. Uh, Lenny tries to talk himself out. Tries, tries to talk Ray Ray out of it to no avail. Ray Ray basically, you know, basically tells Lenny, "Hey man, you took this shit too far." Jerome holds his throat, and Ray Ray, before Franklin shoots Ray Ray, Ray Ray slices, uh, uh, slices Lenny's throat, and Lenny bleeds, bleeds out. Um, Franklin gives Lenny, uh, you know, a wad of money and says, "Hey, now I know that you know, I you know, you know, if you um." Uh, we might be doing some business in the future, and uh, basically has Ray Ray. I, I, you know, I thought about this scene, and I, the thing about this scene was to, it showed a couple of things. Number one, Franklin did not follow. Uh, Franklin did not follow Leon's orders, or not so much orders, but his his advice in terms of saying that hey, you have to be the one to pull the trigger. Uh, Leon. Over the course of the season, a couple times brought up the Carvel thing. The first time when they were in an argument, saying he pulled the trigger on Carvel, and then even, then even in uh, the previous, even in this scene, in this episode, he brought up the Carvel thing about saying you have to be the one to do the, the uh, you have to be the one to pull the trigger. So I find it curious that Franklin again does not have, in essence, he's responsible, but did not actually do the killing himself. Uh, which you know shows you that yeah he's a fully he's uh, he's a full kingpin, but not yet a fully not yet a hundred percent just outright you know cold blooded killer like not to that I mean not he's not at that level yet like he'll get he'll get somebody else to do the dirty work he'll manipulate he'll bring in other people's he'll you know he can. But he's not at he. There's another level again. This is only season one, only season one of the series that there was a, clearly another level of him 
of him being he can clearly get darker in terms of uh him being a killer. So that 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 told you what you need to know about that from that standpoint. And also the second part is he had, you know, the fact that um having Ray Ray seemingly having Ray Ray in his pocket. So Franklin feels like, hey, I could he could have easily killed both of them. Or he could have just have Ray, or he could have just let Ray Ray go and he and he and Jerome killed Lenny. He does this to make sure that Ray Ray that he has a, a, a in essence an ally in Ray Ray. So I think Franklin one I think that was, you know, and I, I think that Franklin I you know, I, I I think he was in essence was trying to mind fuck Ray Ray from that standpoint. Uh if Franklin would have been, would have been the one to pull the trigger, maybe uh, I don't know if he would have had Ray Ray as an ally. Or own or been in Ray Ray's head, so to speak, from that standpoint. So I think Franklin was trying to play a psychological game uh, with Ray Ray from uh, in, in terms of making him kill Lenny. Either way, you know there was another, another of course, there is another level in, of darkness for Franklin to go to. And again, see this again. This is season one. Uh, Lucia Romero Gustavo Stopper. So uh, Lucia's mother leaves right 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 after the funeral is over. Uh, she sends Pedro uh, with a uh, chauffeur, so he's out of the so he was out of the mix. So the coast is clear for Lucia to take out her uncle. Um, she kind of plays it uh, cool with her uncle, saying, "Hey, I will, I will, uh, I will talk to our nephew or talk to my cousin about the books tomorrow, and we'll kind of get that you know situated." You know, he says, uh, "Romero says, you know, good, you know, that's good." So then you have. Uh, Lucille goes upstairs. Then you have uh, Gustavo come in, and Romero um, basically says, "You know, out of respect for the dead, I won't kill you. I uh, won't kill you right now. But never come back here. Never come near us ever again." And Gustavo obliges and but asks to see Lucille one last time. And for whatever reason, Romero allows that. Um, Allows that to tr- to take place. He allows that to play uh, to Gustavo to go upstairs, and and then you see uh, or didn't we didn't see but we heard the gunshots. Stomper and his crew take out uh, the remaining crew, the remaining uh, villain the waivers, including uh, some of the villain waivers, the, the Ramiro's people, including Ramiro, and Lucio comes down with a gun, with a gun and plays it coolly and plays it as cool as you can be and as cold as you can be. It says, you know, uncle, and as as Romero dies, so Lucio, you know, has to now officially taken over the Villanova Wave family. Uh, Pedro, of course, doesn't know anything about this. We'll see, you know, we'll see season two. That storyline will flush itself out, and it is Lucio and uh, Gustavo um, who are going to be, you know, running the business now. Again, I mentioned in the last episode when, and I mentioned earlier that Ramiro's fatal mistake. Ramiro, Ramiro completely underestimated Lucio. He just completely just did. He just out, he outright did. Lucio uh, is smart. She's she's calculated. She uh, if she were a man, she would she would in essence be running the family without question. Uh, she so we'll and again we'll flush out her character later on, but she. Um, she completely outfoxed Romero um, uh, just from the start. And I mean, Romero allowing Gustavo to 
see her again for the last time, which is that was that was just stupid. Uh, by the character, uh, by by the character, by that particular character. But uh, just going go, just goes to show you that he was slipping. To be honest with you, um, so Lucille now it, it now is in charge of the uh doing the wave of family. MVP of the episode is Lucille. Uh, the actress plays is of course Emily. Uh, Rios plays the actress named Emily Rios. You saw her in Breaking Bad. She's been in other things. She just did a phenomenal job uh, in this episode. That I, I mean, just that, just she was just so calculated. The body language, the just the facial, the the, the facial expressions the, that she would give to her, her uncle. Um, she um, just played it, uh, and you know, remember she goes. The plan was a perfect plan. Her being there, um, her being there, making sure she's in the house uh, when this when this hit goes down, um, given all the details that ne- that was necessary to stop her and his crew. And she knows that, and she knew that Ramiro eventually would probably have her killed. Um, to be honest with you, uh, she in terms of bringing her in terms of bringing his his nephew. And he, I mean, Ramiro really didn't want any women in within the business. The only reason that Lucille was in the business to, to the level that she was was because of her father. Once her father died, then that basically was there was a ticking clock on Lucille and her, her time uh, in that business, especially because there was. And remember, if you watch closely, the the scenes between Lucille's mom and Ramiro were interesting as well because they they didn't, there was no love lost there. Like like Lucille's mom Romero didn't have they like they did not you could tell that they did not care for each other and you could tell that it was the father Lucille's father that was keeping that whole dynamic that relationship um, even remotely together in terms of Lucille Lucille's mom and Romero so there kind of was two you know you kind of had two factions of the Bill and the Waivers one faction with the father, Lucille's father, and the other faction with uh, Ramiro. And then once Lucille's father passed away, that was basically going to be it for Lucille. And she knew that. And Ramiro gave that away, of course, in that last episode. And uh, she seized the moment, took advantage of it. And again, she, to me, was the MVP of this episode, uh, coming up with that plan, coming up with that plan, and also following through with that plan. Also, Jerome could have been, Jerome could have been, up there as well, but he fucked up with Avi, uh, with that meeting. So that that kind of eliminated him. But he did come up with the idea with the with the with the crack with the cookhouse, and also he did come up with, with an idea to with a connect to find um to uh go to a, to find out who Avi was getting his uh was getting his his drugs from, possibly so he can get it get it at a cheaper price, making up for the meeting which he butch, butchered along with uh Kevin, in which Avi raised it. Went up, uh, went up from twelve thousand a kilo to thirteen thousand uh, a kilo. Uh, so, but Lucia was the MVP of this episode. Again, overall, this was a very good season. Now, this was to me the worst of all the six seasons, and the reason why it was the worst of all the six seasons is they again you had they had a lot of stuff they had to work out with the Teddy plot line and the whole. Contra that that whole you know side that whole side plot storyline subplot, but the bond the reason why this was the worst season is because you you did not see Franklin or Teddy interact. 
And this will be the first and only season where that doesn't take place. Those are the two lead characters. Those are the two characters that that end up that are going to end up driving this show. So that they kind of sacrificed this season to do a build up uh, for seasons, the season, the up and coming seasons. And again, it's certain that they did six six total seasons. The show we're talking about the show now is the show is going to go down. It's an epic show. So the payoff worked out. Like it was worth sacrificing a season uh, just for that. But that's why this season, uh, that's why this season doesn't age as, age as well as some of these shows opening seasons because you didn't, these two main, these two main characters did not have any interaction whatsoever. But then of course in season two, we'll start talking about season two next week. That will change. That's going to wrap it up for this latest edition of the Real Deal podcast. This podcast will be up sometime tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of the evening. So long.